Envy versus Jealousy Megan packed her suitcase and started down the road on foot. She needn't have worried about anyone following her, and she didn't, because nobody cared to, plus it was very early in the morning. Not that she was a repulsive person, it was more about her level of importance. Being invisible was a skill she learned early on. Intrusive things like crying brought anger. Yelling triggered slaps. Defiance locked you away. Except when anyone else behaved that way, it seemed. Michael's tears were ignored, but no one got mad at him for it. Heather maybe got a shove when she yelled, but not a slap. Not that Megan saw. When her mother was defiant, Dad got to leave, with Mom forced to stay behind to carry on the family traditions. Megan loved geography. She dreamed of travel and life in other countries. No wonder, really, what with all the misery at home, on top of sleeping next to a bedwetter. All the TV programs she watched on Disney showed siblings banding together when they had parents like hers, uniting in adversity. But Megan, the oldest, saw only competition for food, for space, for earning mom's laughter, which was not just rare, but yeti rare. She knew from on-screen families that she was supposed to be the role model and protect her siblings, but she got it the worst. Maybe that was her superpower, her ability to attract the pain and hurt of her parents, sparing those more, though barely, vulnerable. She wondered if it was because she was the oldest or something else about her. Megan recently learned the difference between envy and jealousy. Envy is desiring to have what others have, their talents, their things. Jealousy is when someone or something you loved left you for another or is taken away. Megan envied the deacons, the neighbors from across the street. She had only been vaguely aware of this feeling towards them until her English teacher asked the class, after teaching the difference between the two words, to write one thing they were envious of and one they were jealous about. The idea about the deacons came relatively quickly from impressions she had of them piling in the car in the morning to get to school, get to work. They were quiet, even when everyone was clearly irritated with each other in that morning way, but no slapping, no yelling. Sometimes even laughter or a question about wellness. In that moment, writing about envy, it dawned on Megan that was why she dragged her heels in the mornings, to give the deacons a chance to leave before they saw her larger, angrier family noisily and painfully cram into their smaller, older car. Imagine the brawls when all three of them are old enough to sit in the front seat. Jealousy was harder to pin down. What did she have that was worth anything to her? Sure, sentimental things like bun-bun and radar, but the stuffed rabbit and radio dog were special only to her. No one would be envious enough to take them away and make her jealous that they were enjoying her possessions. There was a new girl she had wanted to be friends with, Kelly, but after a week she got scooped up by the lip gloss posse, as Megan called them. It was the closest she could come to the feeling. She wasn't even sure it was jealousy, more like familiar resignation. Jealousy, she thought, had teeth. She was all gums. She simply went back to Justin, a boy in her class from the other loud family with a dented car on the block, the Johansons. He was okay, except when he tried to make her kiss him. He was starting to get a bit rougher about it, so she wasn't sure how much longer it would be before she punched him out and thereby ending the only friendship she had. It was after writing this essay for English that Megan packed bun-bun and some non-envy-provoking items of clothing and hygiene into her five-year-old suitcase. It had been purchased for their only road trip to their grandmother's house two states away. She remembers picking out a red one with satin lining, but her mother, after a rapid-fire rapid checking of each price tag, 
put a pink and silver one in the shopping cart, along with the sleeping bag that Megan didn't get to choose. The sleeping bag cover had been lost a long time ago, and there was no room in the suitcase for the bulky bag, so she stuffed it into her school backpack. The backpack's resulting fullness stuck out a mile on her back, but she didn't want to sleep on the ground without it. You know, just in case. She decided to put on some makeup. She was 15 now, but she was tall, and her Aunt Peggy said she looked older than her years, so maybe she could get away with it. People at the bus station probably didn't get paid to look closely at their customers. Peggy had gotten her a makeup kit with squares of eyeshadow that also had a stick of eyeliner and a tube of mascara tucked into the plastic molding of the kit. She applied eyeliner like her mom did on the bottom rim above the eyelashes, the part that touched the eye. Then she chose a dark blue eyeshadow, but just one stroke of it on each eyelid. Then the mascara. That always came last. Next, steal the EDD card. Her mom had lost her call center job at her company, which sold auto parts. Her mom blamed COVID, but Megan knew from the few weeks that her mom worked from home that she was probably not a top employee. She let the phone ring for a long time, sometimes until it stopped if she was sucked into a daytime talk show. She often spoke in that oh-so-familiar tone that said, louder than words, I'd rather be anywhere than here. When her mom got fired, she had some friends over to celebrate. Stealing her card was easy, and she knew that it had just gotten reloaded with the bi-weekly amount because her mom always, immediately, went out to buy a carton of cigarettes as soon as the notification of her latest unemployment payment came in. She did that this afternoon. Last step, leave. Between what she'd learned from runaways on TV and studying Google Maps, Megan figured a city, but not too big of a city, was the way to go. She had also learned from overhearing the nightly news that her mom watched every night that restaurants were desperate to hire. So perhaps with some makeup, a few well-thought-up fake jobs, with no one to call for a reference because they were all closed now to COVID, wink, wink, and of course, some luck, Megan figured she'd have a shot in Bloomington. Not too far, but far enough away to not be an obvious choice. She'd looked up the Mall of America, and there's literally hundreds of stores and restaurants there. It was four o'clock when Megan rolled out the door and down the sidewalk towards town. It would take her about an hour to get to the bus station. The bus to Bloomington left at 5.36. If it worked, off she'd go. If not, she'd have time to walk back home before her mom got up. Her phone fully charged and her headphones on. Someday she'd get earbuds like the lip gloss posse. Oh, another thing to be envious of. She blocked out the barely chirping birds with her playlist of songs about leaving. What she didn't know was that she was being watched. Amber Deacon woke up to pee and couldn't get back to sleep, so she went out to the living room to watch some Netflix. She stopped scrolling through the homepage and walked over to the window when her eye caught movement. Was that Megan Dreyer? Why was Megan Dreyer? Ha ha, because she never took a shower. Leaving alone at this hour with a suitcase? Her first instinct was to run and tell her sister, who was in Megan's class. But then she thought about how her sister had eaten the biggest piece of brownie last night. She always did. She always got the front seat. She picked what movie they were going to watch. And Amber became filled with envy. Watching Megan take charge, leave her unhappiness, which Amber had a feeling was greater than hers. She went back to the couch and finally settled on Gordimer Gibbon's Life on Normal Street, which her sister always made her change so she could watch Friends, which was old and dumb, just like her.